This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. Reverend Kenneth Mishu, I hope you don't judge me too hard for having for having a little drink <laughs> while I'm chatting to you. Yeah, no, some of us I have learned to forgive all the time. That's why you never <laughs> hear me talk about the past. You never hear me talking about the birthday, you know, because we're forgiven that stuff, you know, it's behind us. Reverend, it is a great pleasure to have you joining me. Uh for those who who don't know you're the leader of the ACDP but you know your history is incredible i think you're one of the longest serving members in parliament you became the leader of the ACDP what in 1993 member of parliament in 1994 is that right that's correct and you are uh, part of the sorry you're part of the furniture yes i am yes i am but we want to bring in better furniture you know <laughs> And as you said to me earlier you've been hanging on. I mean that is kind of the story of the ACDP. Uh it's been a very small party. That's correct. You know some of us vision a new South Africa where people work together regardless of race and with the hope that we will become a model among nations of the world. I'm living for that. and i'm hoping that before i close my eyes permanently my eyes will see that that even europe will ask the question how did you get it right when there are so many different people different backgrounds different ethnicities and yet mm. you are one you know i believe it's going to happen because we have many very nice good people in south africa but the problem with many of them is that they are too quiet they are too quiet evil triumphs when good men and women say yes. and do nothing when to change that i grew up in a family in a christian family my father was very strict when the riots of 1976 started the soweto riots he did not want to see any of his kids there mm. so fortunately for myself and my brothers we grew up respecting our parents we were taught in Sunday school that if you want to live long you must honor your father and your mother so i did not want to die in my 30s 40s or even 50s i said i'm going to live long and one secret that was given is that i must honor my father and my mother so when they said no don't go there there is danger there is rebellion don't go there we didn't go because i wanted to live long that's why i'm still around even today and um, you know one of the things that we were raised with at home was strict discipline my father was a policeman a very strict policeman and i realized that the lack of discipline does not hold or assist to hold the families together you have a lot of gang violence you have a lot of children who are rebelling because in the bring up bringing there was no strict discipline but unfortunately when we talk about strict discipline we are not talking about abuse you know at times there's everything in life that a person can abuse and take to extremes you take a knife a mm. knife and fork can be used to stab another person even ballpoint pens children in in school they stab one another with those things that's not what they were made for so everything can be taken to extremes yeah so when parents abuse their children or they take discipline to an extreme 
they give their children hiding with anger in their hearts, then uh, the children easily rebel. You know, when we raise our own children, I used we use also uh, the rod, you know, we use the rod. And particularly our first daughter, particularly her, she's a lawyer who's married in America now. After you beat that girl, <laughs> she would come to you crying and hugging you. I love you, mommy. I love you, daddy. After hiding, you're right. Because <laughs> she knew that it came out of a heart of love. And you would explain to her that this is not right. We told you not to do this. Once, twice, you are doing it again. Now you're going to get a beating. You're going to get a hiding. And after getting that hiding, then the child cries, come back to you. I love you, mommy. I love you, daddy. Uh, even without punishment uh, or the rod, discipline is definitely lacking. In our school, for example, um, when I was in primary school, I knew that when I wake up in the morning, I must open the windows so that I could get fresh air, I could get oxygen. Now, in this government does not teach that to children. What they're teaching that is that close your mouth with a mask. Okay? Now, they're doing the opposite of what we were taught when we grew up. When we grew up, we did not have uh, cleaners who were paid either by the school or by uh, the parents, parents' organizations, student organizations. But it was the children themselves. We were taught to clean our chairs, to clean our rooms, to clean our properties. The children today, you tell them that, it's like you are swearing in them. The other day I saw, I saw a video clip of uh, Japanese children, primary school children, around seven, around eight, cleaning their own classroom, Japanese children. And from there, they will get straight A's. Mathematics get straight A's. Now, in South Africa, when they abolished uh, involving children in cleaning, their, in cleaning their classrooms, they said, no, we want them to focus on their studies. Uh -huh. With the results we are getting, we want them to focus their studies. Mm. So today's government has contributed to a very large extent. The reason why we have so many undisciplined children and undisciplined parents, because they are now taking away that which builds discipline in them. Some of my friends are surprised when I say, one thing that I miss in my life, I wish I had. I wish I had an opportunity to go to the army. Yeah. I would have enjoyed that. Why? Because I see the discipline in many of these people mm. who have been to the army. And uh, once, once we have a better government, a, a godly government, a, a government of people who honor the rule of law, respect the rule of law, people with self-discipline. Once we have that, we are going to restore discipline. That's one of the first things I really, really want to see happen in South Africa. Restore discipline so that people will not depend on handouts. People will know that yeah. they have to use their hands and work for everything they need. You and your wife have been married, what, 40 years? For 44 years, something like that? We are now going to for 44 years, almost 44 years. And for that matter, only one. I've heard some people in the ANC said uh, they've been married for, for 10 years, but three, three in 10 years. I said, no, 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 no. Me is 43 in with the same woman because and, I'm a family man. Yes. 
I but, believe the family makes the strongest foundation and cornerstone mm -hmm. for every society. You destroy the family, then you destroy society. Yes, I agree with that. But I need to ask you a very important question. 44 years, what is your secret, Reverend? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there are a lot of people who are, 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 are although prayer does work, but there are a lot of people who pray, but who don't stay together for so long. <laughs> I think it's understanding that it takes two people to build a marriage, mm. number one. Number two, when you enter into marriage, you must remember you are not marrying an angel. When you first see that person in your life, you think, hey, this person is an angel. I'm going to have fun with this angel of mine. Mm. We all have mistakes. I have mistakes. My wife has mistakes, and she knows that we are there to help one another and to complete one, complement one another. The weaknesses I have, she might be strong in those areas. And when she is weak, I might be strong in those areas. So, but one of the most important things where many South Africans fail is forgiveness. Because you have not married a perfect person, you must be willing to forgive that person, regardless of what mistakes they made and how many mistakes they made. Even if they make a mistake every day, there must be a willingness to forgive that person. Forgiveness is lacking in this country. You know, there are three words that many people get lost, many people lose their marriages, many people lose their families for failing to say, I am sorry. Just those three words. I am sorry. Okay? Now, when a person finds it easy to apologize, to say, I am sorry, the other one should also find it easy, even though sometimes it's difficult. But you should work towards getting to that place where they accept the apology and forgive. And once you forgive, you move on. Otherwise, it's not forgiveness. One of the things I've learned in life uh, is that uh, once you find truth, hold on to truth. Even if you are the only person who believes what you believe, as long as you have convinced yourself this is the truth, hold on to the truth. Um, I am not, my opinions are very strong, um, particularly once I'm convinced this is right. That's why on the issue of, of COVID, on vaccinations, mm. of passports, nobody will change my mind. Nobody will ever do that. Even yeah. if the whole world is against me, I will still stand. I believe lies and evil must always be exposed, number one. And as I said, that when I hear truth, I see truth, then I hold tight to it. I've taken this step because from my background, my father did not like vaccines. My father said there is not enough medication on the market that we should use if we have a physical challenge. If we have any ailment, there are enough uh, there is enough medication. That is why even a flu vaccine, my family never took flu vaccines because my father always said, look at those people, they've taken flu vaccines and they're sick. So why do you need it? If you're going to become sick, let's just use the right things and uh, look after our own health, then we'll be fine. And then that's what we did. So when this thing COVID was introduced, I just said, I continue doing what my father taught me use available medication, ensure that you eat healthy, 
mm. and you'll be fine. And that's where we are. I'm fine. Eat healthy, exercise, and uh, yeah. But here's what's funny. You, I think, were the first member of parliament to have tested positive for for yeah. COVID, but you showed no yeah. symptoms. I mean, the whole thing is silly, isn't it? Yeah, you, you, you know, personally, I think because there was a lot of talk about false results. I, my case, I will tell you something that many people don't know. After I was tested positive, actually, even before I go there, I first knew that I was positive when I was told by people who watch television. <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> okay. Um, newsroom Africa Channel 405 announced uh, that I was positive. <laughs> so I got a call from my friend saying, hey, hey, how did this happen? Because we were with you yesterday. We did not know you were sick, but now we are seeing on the news you are positive. I said, where? Who said I'm positive? Who tested me? Actually, they say, they asked the question. After I responded to them and said, that's news to me, you know, they phoned newsroom to inquire, where was he tested? When was he tested? And who tested him? Because we were with him the previous day. And they realized they made a mistake. So you oh, didn't, they, you didn't get no. a test? I got a test three days after it was, it was announced. I was <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so when 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 uh, it was decided I must have I must be tested. Actually, the Department of Health called me, and they said you must be tested. As I tested for what? For COVID. Why should I be tested for COVID? Because I'm well, I'm healthy. No, uh, you were with the president in Parliament. And because you attended the church gathering in Bloemfontein, where somebody was positive, you also must be tested. My family didn't like that. My family, particularly children, were refusing to say that, don't go there, something is wrong. Something is wrong, don't go there. So I finally said to my family, um, just because they've used the name of the president, the president will be tested, and they also said to me, all leaders of parliament, leaders of parties in parliament, they're all going to be tested. So you also must be tested. And so the family caucus and they said, oh, then it means that the results are going to be predetermined. The results cannot say you are negative when the whole world is told, has been told you are positive. We come, we have just come out of a, a past that was very oppressive a past that restricted my movements as a black person. They told me what to, at times they told me what to do and what not to do, where I could go and where I could not go, what was good for me and what was not good for me. That is my past. We did not enjoy freedom at all. Then we, we had this democratic dispensation with a constitution that has been hailed as the best in the world the constitution that has given us rights. You have the right to freedom of movement, you have the right to believe, religion, uh, associate, freedom of association, and many other rights. So when government started talking about mandatory vaccinations, we said, whoa, 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 
It can be. It can be. You are saying this. Have you forgotten that earlier in the year, the president said, nobody's going to be forced. He said nobody's going to be forced. So who between the president and the Department of Health is lying to the public? One of you is lying. Who's lying? Okay. So we chose to believe that the president was right and we were wrong. Because in the meantime, he didn't tell us when he decided to change his mind. He changed his mind. Now he says it is going to happen. And so ACDP is saying, we are going to oppose that. It's not going to happen. Nobody's going to force me. And uh, we have found the lawyers that have said we are ready to take any employer to court who will force any employee to be vaccinated. So we are, as the ACDP, are also going to fight on behalf of anybody, whether we know that person's background or not. We are South Africans and we love all South Africans. So we choose to fight for all South Africans so that nobody should be forced to take a vaccine. Especially noting that this so-called vaccine is experimental. When you, when you make an experiment, how mm. do you, if you think well and you love the nation, how, how come that you want to experiment with the whole population? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. So we said, no, no, we are going to oppose it. You cannot take something that is not yet passed as a proper vaccine because it has not never been used on animals. Other vaccines went through animal trials. And so that's why they've taken an average of 10 years to conclude. But now this one, they don't want to have animal trials. They want to use human beings for those trials. So I see something seriously wrong. And those who are saying they want to kill us, I sometimes I'm tempted to think that these people are right. Because why do you force everybody to participate in an experiment? So we'll never agree to be guinea pigs. Other people are willing to be guinea pigs. I'm not a guinea pig. No. I'm a handsome man. <laughs> we are, ACDP is totally, not just opposed, but it is totally opposed to vaccine passports because vaccine passports are going to limit freedom of movement. It reminds me of apartheid. You can't mm. go there. That's for Europeans only. You can't go there. Mm. So now when you introduce this vaccine passport, people's movements are going to be limited. They are taking back to the days of apartheid. And we are saying as ACDP, we don't want to go back to apartheid because when you want to enter, uh, places that are reserved for people who are vaccinated. They want to see the dumpers. If you don't have it, you are not allowed to go in. What we call the madness and the looting that took place in July, mm. particularly in KZN and Gauteng, <clears throat> has proven that if masses can stand up, make up their minds to do something, the police can stop them. The police can't stop them. So when people realize that they are going to lose the rights, they will not be allowed to enter some buildings. They will not be able to enter stadiums. I promise you they will go in by force. They will tear down the gates. And I don't think there will be security personnel that will be willing to risk their lives when those people come upon them. Now, 
because it will affect black people more than others, unfortunately, they are going to fight this thing. Now they're not talking about it yet because it is not enforced. I promise you, once it is, government tries to enforce it. They are going to do see what the masses are doing. And I think the ANC president, Cyril Ramaphosa, who said that there was an attempted coup in July, would not want to see a repeat of that. He called it an attempted coup. If it did, indeed was an attempted coup, the next one would be successful if he plans to force something like this and to keep masses out of the stadiums when the stadiums are open. They should not try it. And that is the warning I would give them, that don't try that. Otherwise, you are gone as a president. And maybe let me say this again. I just saw a, a video clip, uh, maybe I'll send it to you, from an American soldier. A soldier that says, I don't know whether you, I'm sure you heard, that in America, there is a threat that the, the police and the army will go from house to house and take people out to force vaccinate them. I mean, that is evil. That is evil. Mm -hmm. So now, the architects of the new world order, who want to control the world, who want to control everybody. Yeah. That's the language they're using. Force, send the police in there. In South Africa, the police will never agree with that. Why? Because the majority of policemen in South Africa don't own cars. Okay? When, after what happened in July, many were asked questions. Why didn't you intervene? Why didn't you stop all these people? Some of those that some of us spoke to, they said, we were not willing to risk our lives. Mm. Because after all these uh, matches and the protest, if you try to fight these people, you don't own a car. You have to be in the same taxi with them, same train with them, yeah. and they will kill you. Yeah. So to save their lives, they say back. That's why I don't think this thing will work. This passport thing is going to work in South Africa. Because these guys are going to rise up. I cannot see a policeman who uses a taxi and a train force somebody to take a vaccine. I can't see that happening. He says here that he still doesn't trust politicians. Now you're a politician, aren't you? <laughs> well, well, in life, there are always exceptions. <laughs> if if for, for the 27 years I've been in parliament, 27 years, let him try to find out that, that very person let him try to find a scandal that was said about me <laughs> i find one and also find out why is this man still with the same woman one woman for 44 years ask the, the children the children are all with their father they trust their father they will do everything we are very <laughs> close knit family because i'm an honest man that i can speak for myself I'm an honest man and I'm a God-fearing man. That's the difference. People are becoming more aggressive these days. They are becoming more intolerant these days. They are becoming more hateful these days. And Christianity is teaching the opposite. Mm. Um, you would be surprised how many people of different race groups are our friends. We love people. We forgive, we embrace everybody regardless. Now, I know, unfortunately, that there are people who in the name of Christianity have exploited others. 
Now, when I talk about Christianity, I talk about people whose fruits prove that these people are honestly uh, loving their God and obeying what God is saying. So when society becomes like that, then society becomes a unit. Now, one of the unfortunate things that's happening with this uh, COVID thing is that the family unit is being broken because of this isolating thing. Okay, the family unit is broken. We have heard of cases where children don't even eat with their parents because of suspicion. Somebody has COVID. They don't embrace one another. They want to keep even social distancing in the home. Now, I find this very, very unfortunate because we are a family that embraces all that time. Until today, when they say keep away, we don't keep away from our families. We refuse. My family pray together. We eat together. Uh, with my son, we play together. So we, because of our faith, we have come closer to one another. So many people realize that what's happening in the world, what's happening in the country brings fear to them. And when a person becomes fearful, some become depressed. And when they become depressed, they need somebody and something or people that can lift up their spirits. And so when we go to church, it's all smiles, no fear. When we go to church, people even remove their masks, you know. We worship together, we smile, we even embrace one another. I know the president won't Ooh. like to hear what I'm saying now. You Ooh, won't like to hear what I'm saying. Say. <laughs> but I'm saying it because it's true. And I can I'll defend it. Okay? We don't infect one another. Mm. We don't infect one another because this thing of infection, we obviously we are careful because flu, we know how to treat people who have flu. We are not careless. We are not careless. But at the same time, when we realize you are healthy, why should I be scared of Jeremy when I can see he's healthy? When I can see he's not sneezing, he's not coughing, he doesn't have all those things. So when necessary, we embrace one another. I still do that. Some people may not like me for it in government for saying what I'm saying, but I'm saying it because I'm convinced it is the right thing to do. Embracing a person brings an assurance. Like when a child is fearful and the child holds the mother or the father's hand or you embrace the child, then that fear dissipates. That fear goes. So it is important that when they, days are dark, days are evil, that we find one another, stand together, reassure one another and enjoy each other. Years ago, I was taught, I was told that um, learn from a uh, from the guinea fowls you throw water on them it just oh. <laughs> oh, it, just, it just runs off uh-huh give me the duck just shake it they said just shake the criticisms off and move on it's part of life just <laughs> learn what you get what you can learn from that criticism but don't have anger or bitterness against anybody that's why jeremy i'm telling the truth when i say i don't have anybody i know to be my enemy mm. I refuse to make enemies. It's a choice a person makes. So when they criticize me, I learn from what I, I look at what I can learn from that crisis, but I move on. I just shake off like a duck, shake off that water. You can see I, I'm a nice guy, you know. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't understand what the media is trying to do because I know I'm a nice guy. There are more people who tell me that than a few who have a, a particular agenda. <laughs> And obviously, when I disagree with a person, I don't call them names. That's why I, I, I find it strange that some people, when you disagree with them, they call you names. 
Okay, if I say I don't want to take the vaccine, then they say I'm an anti-vaxxer. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I know that there are vaccines that have been properly tested. And it has taken them years. And animals have survived the, those vaccines because after many experimentation, they said, no, this is fine. So such vaccines, I don't have a problem. But I have a problem with this one we have today in South Africa because there are people who lost lives. Even though government may refuse to accept it, but there are people being irreverent, you deal with families who lose loved ones, mm. who have loved ones who are sick since they were vaccinated. I will deal with them. So when government says, for as long as they're uh, for, 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 from their records, they don't know of anybody, I say they're asking the wrong people. They don't want mm. the truth. If they want the truth, let them ask publicly. Come forward and they must not hide anything. We can tell them. But you know, people who have. One of the challenges people face is uh, some of the outcomes and uh, of secret societies. There are secret societies in life mm. who want to control everything and everybody. And uh, once you become part of them, you have to dance to their tune. Yeah. So, Sir Ramaphosa has publicly said he's Agenda going to 2030. push. Mm. Yeah, and also the new world order. He, with his mouth, he said they will use, he will, they will use the AU and the SADC platforms to push the new world order. So he will do something that he knows is not correct. It's not correct. But because he has signed to be part of that group, he accepts orders. He takes orders from above, from those that are above him. So I, I'm, I'm very, I must say, I'm very disappointed with the President Ramaphosa. He was, he was a gentleman at school. He was a gentleman. But he got himself involved with wrong people. And unfortunately, because of... <clears throat> Being involved with these wrong people, he also does not have a strong backbone. We have a president who doesn't have a strong backbone. Want to please everybody, and I, I, I don't, I don't appreciate that. Actually, we're told that Jacob Zuma refused to be part of this new world order. Jacob Zuma is a traditionalist. He's a, he's a traditionalist. Mm. Now he believes in his Zulu tradition and culture. So when you tell him about something that might cost him his culture that must cost that might cost south africa its sovereignty then he refused jacob zuma refused but this one unfortunately whether he's too westernized i'm not sure but he agreed i have always <clears throat> defended the right of people to defend themselves so gun ownership will definitely be part of our administration and and there was a time when Begitele, the current minister of police was saying people must uh, bring in guns bring in guns and we said to those i was talking to i said don't keep your guns you might need them keep your guns if if government removes guns from citizens then they have a wicked motive particularly particularly if you have such high crime rates like we have in South Africa. How should people defend themselves? Now, what happened again during, in July, during the looting? There were areas looters could not enter because citizens blocked the road with guns. So they managed to protect their, their yeah. properties because they had guns. 
And those that didn't have guns, those guys just rolled in and did what they wanted to do. He wants to know what, Reverend, is your opinion on Klaus Schwab? <laughs> Klaus Schwab is a dangerous man. You know, I like, he's a dangerous man. Uh, their slogan, you will owe nothing and be happy. I hate that slogan. How can you be happy when you don't have anything? I mean, for us, particularly as black people, we, we are surrounded by people who own nothing. And I can tell you, they are not happy. That slogan <laughs> might work in Europe, not in South Africa. They don't work here. They are not happy at all. <laughs> so I don't like the man. Just tell him I don't like that man. Now, that Professor Schwab is a danger. That's why I'm concerned. We need to continue informing our people. I think the most important thing is, is education. Uh, government was very aggressive in promoting this fear, instilling fear in people to an extent that many don't want to listen anymore. But people who are willing to listen. If you ask them about whether their bodies need oxygen, they will tell you yes. Mm. Now, how do you get oxygen when you are denying yourself with a mask? Then the question, then their eyes get open. So I think with time, while other people are saying uh, we are going to have this uh, mask until 2023, 20, I don't see that happening. I think next year things are going to change. People are getting tired. In, in the townships, you hardly see people with masks now. Now, unfortunately, the media has to obey their masters, the owners. They are owned. That's why they are not showing all the demonstrations taking place in Paris. I, I saw a clip that I liked when people, families were sitting on the floor, on the ground, yeah. in front of restaurants and say, okay, you don't want us to enter, we'll have our lunch and our picnics in that, front of your restaurant. Yeah, like that was, yeah, that was in Switzerland, I think, last week. I thought it was France. Oh, France did it also. Paris did it also. These things like a dummy. They are just sucking a dummy. They are not getting life out of this whole thing. And people are getting tired. And because they're getting tired, they're going to go. They say they want the real normal. That's why even myself, I don't use this term new normal. This is not a new normal. It's an abnormal. So we're working towards going back to the normal. People are looking forward to going back to normal because this is the abnormal. You know, something with, with donations, mm. it depends who funds you. Fortunately for us, we don't have funders. And so nobody has strings attached to whatever they could have given us. So some of these major parties, I've had, some people told me that um, um, even uh, Bill Gates, an organization owned by Bill Gates, supports the DA. Mm. That is why, because Bill Gates is the professor of vaccines. He's, yeah, he's the mastermind behind many of the things happening with vaccines. Um, if he gives you money, you have to dance whenever he plays. Even though the, the guitar may, might be out of tune, you still have to dance. <laughs> you know, the EFF makes impossible promises to people. And after the previous elections, there was a guy who we were fairly close to in Parliament. Then after elections, I said to him, you, say, you call yourself a Christian. How can you make such lies to people? And you know what he said to me? His answer was, if we don't lie to them, then they won't vote for us. Just like oh. that. 
Wow. Just like that. So now when when there are no ethics and there is no morality in the foundation of a political party, they will find it easy to lie to people. They will find it easy not to take a principled stand, but to always watch which direction the wind is blowing, okay? Because they want to be politically correct. Now, I'm not interested in political correctness. Yes. Actually, when I first, when I first went into politics, some people said, you will be a, 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 a useless politician because you are not compromising, you are too direct, you are too principled. I said, no, it's fine. You need people that are principled there also. So people, many people in politics are not principled at all. That I know, I live among them. One day they can say this, the president is another good example. He said to South Africans, nobody's going to be forced. But now he's talking, everybody must be vaccinated. Okay, it's not principled. Unfortunately, most people in politics are like that. Most political parties are like that. But the ACDP is not like that at all because we, we say we don't want to be, it's our motto, we don't want to be uh, biblical, we want to be biblically correct and uh, not politically correct. We want a good society. South Africa has the potential of being one of the best countries in the world. And to all South Africans that are abroad, one of my dreams is to have such a stable, peaceful South Africa that all our friends who left South Africa will come back home. Mm. Because this country has the potential to be great. And I'm sure that God will help us to make South Africa a great, great country once we have taken out the ANC. Our major challenge now is to get them out and it's to help those voters who have been bewitched, who are just voting for them regardless of what they do. There is a blindness that is up on the eyes of uh, some of these guys who are just voting them. In spite of their doing what they are doing, they can be corrupt, they can steal, but they still vote for them. So we are busy dealing with those guys and we are praying that God open their eyes to smell and to see. So I'm hoping and praying that all those expatriates who are skilled will come back to help us build this south africa to have the true new south africa this is not a new south africa it's worse than the apartheid we want a new one and the new one we'll get when we we agree and uh, we um, embrace everybody embrace the giftings and the mm. talents of everybody you know if i may say this about anc <clears throat> mr mandela was a very principled man one of the things i'm told he told the anc in the beginning was that because they did not have experience in governance, they should pair themselves with an experienced former minister or somebody from the National Party, pair themselves. And the comrades refused. But he insisted that the former finance minister will continue with a new democratic ANC uh, government. That's why they're keys. And then he said, okay, the keys will continue, and I'll put Trevor Manuel next to him to be his understudy. Now, Trevor Manuel became one of the best finance ministers we have had. Why? Because he was learning and he was mentored by an experienced person. Now, had the ANC done this with all departments, would not be having this remorse we are having in the country today. Because now, people with no experience 
Some of them, the only thing they could do was to throw stones and to plant bombs. Then they're given computers, they're given departments. They made a mess out of it. All right? So ACDB believes we respect and acknowledge the skills of everybody, regardless of the color of their skin. That is why I know that when it is our opportunity, we mm. are going to make this country a great one. White and black relations are worse than ever. What are your views? My views are they are worsening. They are not improving, they are worsening. And maybe it's because, and again, it's because of politicians, obviously. Because of what people are saying with their mouths, with their words. The words they speak are not building, but they destroy. The words they are speaking, they are not reconciling, they are accusing and separating people. All right? But now, one of the problems is that the, the, the people who are negative, seem to be speaking the loudest than those who are positive. Like Julius. Those, yeah? Like Julius. Yeah, correct. He's very, very loud. He's very loud. And because he's loud, people might think, oh, the majority of black people are like him. Whereas many people, when they hear me, they'll say, Ish, we wish majority of people were like him mm. because I'm the total opposite of Julius. Okay? Because he's driven by a different spirit. I'm driven by the spirit of love and appreciation and reconciliation. See, I love people, and there are many people I know who love people who, who are tired of confrontation, who are tired of fighting, who want to relax and live peacefully and look after their families, work and look after their families. We have many people like that, but unfortunately, their voices are not heard. I say forced, particularly forced, forced vaccines are tantamount to rape. Because if you put in somebody's body, an object they don't want. How different is that from rape? So governments are raping nations, mm. and we need to tell them. I have not used this word the rape in parliament yet, but I'm going to use it. The next opportunity, I'll say stop the rape of society. In front of you, there is a crystal ball. What do you see? I see a bright future for South Africa. I see uh, the maturing of South African voters. And when South African voters mature, then they will say service delivery, proper services are their demands. And those that have given an opportunity and they have failed, they will remove them. It has taken long. And if you look at many African countries that are democratic, the liberation movements, it is said, have uh, taken an average of 30 years in power. Liberation movements have taken, taken an average of 30 years in power. Because even though they were making mistakes, people who still say, but they are our fathers, Mandela is our father, Kenneth Kaunda is our father, and all those, they are our fathers, they would endure, endure. But 30 years is the cutting line. And then, when they are out, we are going to start building a beautiful South Africa. So, what I see, personally, is a bright future for South Africans. Those who are concluding that you are going to be like Zimbabwe, I want to tell them with due respect, I disagree with you. We are going to have a beautiful country. South Africa is a beautiful country. You know, whenever I travel, because I do travel, you know, well, I used to travel now with this 
COVID thing, I'm not traveling, you know, because I will, I will never have that passport. I'd rather stay in South Africa. It's beautiful enough, but I will not take that passport. But whenever I travel, I come back to South Africa and say, wow, what a beautiful country we have. Australia doesn't come near South Africa. America doesn't come near South Africa. Europe, South Africa is the best of the best. So we have to make it work. We have to make sure that our grandchildren grow up mm. in a better, prosperous, and peaceful South Africa. That's what I see. Reverend, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Thank you. Thank you very much sir, for having me on your program. I also enjoyed uh, talking to you and looking at you, I realize you, you don't need a vaccine. No, I don't. No, I'm. No, I'm... you look funny. I, I think that vaccine will change your face, maybe. Or, <laughs> and all that stuff, you know. So stay away from it. Thank you very much. Have a great evening to you. And all the viewers, the Lord bless you all. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com.